Hello, and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the wonderfully nerdy things that we're obsessed with. I'm Michal Shek, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts, Tamar Herman. Hello. And Essam Rosenberg. Hi. All right, so we are seeing the finish line of the Mido Musser series that we've been on, um, the traits of being a good person, decent person, etc. If you've been listening, you know, we kind of struggle to define it, but you get what we mean. Um, and today, of course, we're going to be talking about honor, which is exciting because there's definitely what to discuss there. Um, but of course, first, we're going to dive into our obsessions. So... Michal, you were just saying how you have an obsession. Definitely, <laughs> absolutely have one. Fine, you're not I'll making go first. it up on the spot. I'll go first, <laughs> just in case anyone has this, so I can swoop in and steal it, and my bare <laughs> grasp on obsession can can not be dislodged. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Wordle, um, which is such an original thing but it's you know if you've been online at all in the past two weeks you know that wordle is a a word guessing game where basically you have six chances to guess five the five letter word of the day and that is as simple as it is and for some reason it can take me a long time to do um, I've, I've had that window open for longer than I'd care to admit sometimes, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like super obsessed with it, but like, I definitely try and do it every day. And like, it's, there's, there's been a lot of fun spinoffs that like have gone online and there's something called Absurdal, which is basically like one that's like impossible to guess. It sort of changes on you. Um, then there's one that like, uh, it's it's they have for like music, um, which is funny. I haven't played that because I don't I don't really know for music. But like you know, it's like choral music. It's very it's very niche. Um, and then there are some really funny memes that are starting to go around because people post a very distinctive uh, score pattern on um, on social media when they finish. Um, and I actually really like that because I think that that is like a brilliant way for something to accidentally go viral. Like, it's a very low-key game. It doesn't even have its own URL. It doesn't have an app. And it's, yeah, it's very low-key, but it just, it gives you these scores in this little emoji pattern. And when you, they're, like, ridiculously shareable, and I think that's why it's gone viral. And I just, I don't know. I appreciate the aesthetics of it, and... Um, usually I get through my first two guesses and then I'm like, I hate this. I hate this so much. Why am I doing this? I hate this game. Yeah. But I keep going. So. (laughs) Yeah. I think that without the, without the boxes and the shareable part, it would definitely not have taken off at all because like it's the competitive aspect. It's the communal aspect of like everybody working on the same thing and everybody, you know, you know, exactly it's, it's, the same word for everybody. So everybody is trying to solve the same puzzle. Um, and then you can pit yourself against everybody else and see, you know, how you did. And, you know, if you didn't do it well today, you can do it tomorrow. I have not because it sounds like the sort of thing I would hate, but, (laughs) um, I, I see other people enjoying it and I enjoy watching other people enjoying things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very into it. I, I play it in, English and Hebrew every day, and I tried to do the Korean one, but I broke it. 
I posted this on Instagram if anyone saw. <laughs> like, I literally, I was, I was, it wasn't like I broke it because my Korean isn't good enough to play it. Like, literally, my friends and I were doing it, and they happened to both be Korean. And so we were, A, we were stuck. Like, none of us could get it. But we were each putting in different words, and at one point, someone was like, oh, it might be Brazil, the way it would fit in it. And so we put in the, like, the way that you wrote, you write in Brazil in Korean. And I put it in and I had a different response than her. And then I tried it again and I had a different response in my own board. So I somehow broke the Korean wordle and I don't know how, but we still don't know what it is because it doesn't tell you when you get it wrong, what the answer is. That's evil. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. We need a Jewish one, but I I don't... There's a Hebrew one and a Yiddish one. Well, I heard that there's also a ludal, which is uh, lewd, specifically <laughs> profane words. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I've decided not to play that one, but... Uh... <laughs> That's the only one I've considered, seriously. <laughs> there are two types of people in this world. <laughs> and though, three, then there are people who are already playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Um, I can go next. The latest uh, TikTok sensation on Jewbook has been, um, I have to look up her actual name, because I just call her in my head the TikTok Talmud lady, but I know that's not actually her name or her handle. Um, Her handle is Miriam Anzovin, and she has gone recently viral all over Jewbook, although I think she's been doing this for a while, but it's taken a while for people to notice um, and to uh, get outraged about it. <laughs> um, and so there's a... She's, she puts out these videos um, of herself doing Dafyomi in a very distinctive um, kind of airhead style of using common uh, internet slang, millennial lingo, etc etc and it's very fun very entertaining and it makes the conversations in the Talmud feel like they are not ancient history but things that could happen between actual human beings um and it's it's very fun to watch some of her 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 main video that went viral and got everybody either uh loving or hating her uh was one that had um a few swear words in it and some people felt that this was completely beyond the pale and obviously she's mocking Talmud and this is terrible and etc etc and other people were like this is awesome and hilarious and very funny and entertaining and also informative uh so people were split and I was curious about her other videos so I went on TikTok and I I I don't have the app so I can't see like what comments people are leaving and anything you can just watch the actual videos so I just went through a bunch of videos um and most of them do not have profanity most of them are just very uh some of them are surprisingly in depth like they go into the uh this rabbi said this and that rabbi said that and this is the concept that we're discussing this time but she always does it in this very lighthearted um amusing style and yeah i feel like <laughs> probably i i've always hated gemara like i've learned it in school with many different teachers and i've always found it so boring and annoying um and yeah just nothing i would want to spend my time on which i understand is not how everybody feels about it my little brother is actually 
a Gamora fiend. Like, he stags in his spare time. This is just, you know... He's also the kind of person who, who shovels out neighbors' cars. Um, like, yesterday, he was shoveling our car, and then he shoveled our neighbor's walk, and then my sister found him around the corner a little later, um, and he was shoveling some total stranger's walk, and it was just like, yeah. So, not everybody is the same. Some people are Tzadikim, who love Gamara, and some people are me, who don't. So, having an entry point like this... Um, that makes it even, you know, somewhat fun, um, and, uh, and enjoyable and gives you a, a sense of how many different conflicting viewpoints there were in the Gemara and all the kinds of minutia that, um, that the Gemara obsessed over, because <laughs> what is Judaism if not obsession? Um, it's a, so it's a, it's a new, it's a new way of, uh, of getting into Talmud, and I think that it's overall uh, very ambitious and very beneficial. Um, obviously not for everybody, but um, if people saw only the profane video, I don't think that that's representative of her style and her general attitude toward it. Uh, so yeah, so if you have heard a little bit about her and you haven't actually watched many of her videos, I definitely recommend looking on TikTok for uh, Miriam Anzoven's uh, videos, because they are lovely <laughs> and, uh, and very educational, in my personal opinion. I should really watch those. I've never actually learned Gemara, really, so. Oh, you should definitely watch them. But you didn't even watch the, the one big viral one? No, no, I didn't. Not yet. Oh, we stand Ralph Kistai in this house. <laughs> I, 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 I understand, like, the upset, but part of me just thinks a lot of the upset. Obviously, like, I understand the perspective, like, you should not be cursing over Gamara and, like, she's wearing a low-cut shirt in that particularly viral video. But, like, so many but people are discussing videos, the Gamara. also not, so. Right, right. Uh, that's, that's the other thing. Right. I meant just specifically about that one, but, like, the fact that so many of us are talking about that video and like learning Daf Yomi in those videos, like you're, it's just like you're just trying to silence her by saying she shouldn't be doing it. Honestly, like who cares? You're not on TikTok. You wouldn't know about this except that people were talking about it so much, like because it's so engaging. So like, let her do what she's doing. You don't need to watch it. Um, people, I like was reading like this whole thread on Facebook that was a whole argument, and I was just like. Okay, so you just don't watch it then. Like, obviously, you know, do, like, do I think, you know, certain ways that people, like, we each have our own way of, like, learning. Like, I remember when I started wearing pants after seminary and I was like, can I learn, like, something in pants? I was like, well, yeah, I can definitely learn something in pants. But some girls wouldn't and some girls never have worn pants. So it's like, you know, different things for different folks and, like, we all have got to do our own things. So if she's doing something that's really resonating, I don't know why anyone's trying to silence her. Like, really, it's really kind of... Yeah, people are just like it's not reverent, and it's uh, it's making people it's making light of the Talmud, and kids who see this are going to imitate it and think that it's okay to talk about our great rabbis like this, etc. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, eight hundred years of of yeshiva bachram have all been perfectly reverent every time they've been. <laughs> shocking. My dad actually was this week was quoting Ibn Ezra versus the Karaites, which um, is a uh, is a whole sugya into itself, apparently, which I didn't know about. But Ibn Ezra uh, apparently 
would often face off with the Karaites in his commentary, and he had some good zingers versus them, and I think Ibn Ezra would have had a very good uh, TikTok presence. But <laughs> <laughs> but my dad said that like he, he only was, you know, critical uh, in, in that way. He didn't zing his fellow, you know... Uh, commentators that he, you know, he respected the other ones, you know, even when he disagreed, but it was just the, the particular Karaites, you know, that he, uh, that he was against. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, somewhat coarse language has always been kind of a part of Talmud and of, uh, of Torah learning in general, but the idea of what is coarse language has definitely changed over time. So mm. is a question there. I, I heard from a bunch of people I sent it to, like, this is annoying because I cannot show it to my students. And that perspective, I understand. But also, like, well, you still think it's she's doing something so good you would like to show it to your students. So, like, snaps to her. And also, like, you know, I mean, you don't have to, if you're a teacher, you can you can emulate ideas mm -hmm. without, you know, without that. Like, you know, what what if you were like, hey, here's an assignment. Try and make a TikTok about a conversation in the Talmud. Like, I always thought epic rap battles of, you know, halacha would be hilarious. So, you know. Yeah, my dad would ha have funny. assignments of, like, make your own, you know, a, a daf of a, of a masechta of your choice, you know? So you would get, you know, masechta Harry Potter, masechta Superman, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, just write a conversation I hated that about... assignment. I, ne I never had to do it because I, I unfortunately never had my dad as a teacher. Your dad was a great teacher. I still hated that class so much because I hated Gamaro until I, I, I and could appreciate it. And that assignment, I remember, oh God, it was so terrible. So terrible. I don't know. I'm sure your off. outcome was something you could be proud of, though. Oh, no, no, no. It was not. I did not know you were not supposed to fail tests until high school. So it was definitely <laughs> not something I could be proud of. <laughs> I mean, listen, everything is a choice. <laughs> if, you, if you want to fail, please go ahead and Good fail. For you. Please, Some okay. people fail on purpose, and that is fine. We call that failing up. It generally applies if you are a <laughs> cis white man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tamar, what's your obsession? So, unlike these two people who definitely didn't pull obsessions out of the sky right before we were talking this episode. <laughs> I actually have been obsessed with a bunch of things this week. Um, I'm going to try to save one of them for next week. Uh, but if I don't, it's Abbott Elementary, which everybody should be watching right now. It's a great sitcom. But the thing that I'm really obsessed with this week is, and I, I like have to preface this with, with, I don't usually watch anime. That's why it's even weirder that I'm like obsessed with this. So there's a new Japanese movie that's like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, and it's called Bell, uh, B-E-L-L-E. And it like it it takes place in like a both the real world and a virtual online world, and it has like a lot of metaphors for like living in social media and doxing culture and the impact of these things. And it's, but it's also like tied into like the story of Beauty and the Beast. And uh, the whole basis of it is that this character uh, who becomes the singer Belle in this virtual world. Uh, she has trauma in like reality and she cannot sing even though she grew up singing with her mom. And so when she gets to the virtual world, like her, her character gets her voice back for her and the music and the art are gorgeous. Like the first thing I did inspired by Michal, once I was done, 
watching was like go look on Etsy and they had a bunch of enamel pins that are like Belle at the moment when she first discovers that like she can sing again in this virtual world after like previously like she's had to like she had like a karaoke party in one scene and she like had to leave and go throw up like it was a it was like a a physiological reaction that she was having to being asked to sing and even by herself she couldn't sing and so the first half of the movie like deals with her kind of coming into her own as a singer um and then the beauty of the beast plot kind of comes up and i honestly and like it seems like everybody has the same reaction which is that the the first the art and the music and the first like third of the movie are so much better than the other two thirds but it doesn't matter because they are so good that like there was a 14 minutes of applause at Cannes this year when it was playing because it was just such a spectacle um and like such a like a cinematic animation like story and it was just like you you I could not like I wanted to watch it again right after I finished watching it because it was so captivating um and I'm like obsessed with it and I've been listening to the music this whole week the music is wonderfully done um they have um after I don't know if it was after Ken but they have an English version of it and but I mean the movie and they got oh, someone who has the same exact vocal inflection as the Japanese singer so like when I put them both on my Apple Music I literally sometimes I'm like if I'm not paying attention it takes me a minute to realize which singer it is because they sound so similar if I'm not like if, like if it's just in the background and I'm not processing the language like I'm like which song is this which version like I have to listen to the chorus and see which line is going to be in that English part of it um and it's just really really good and really like it's very heartfelt. There's a lot, like, if you, like, I was seriously, like, watching it and, like, crying, like, this is how music is so powerful, and, like, this is, like, the terrors of social media, but also the great things bringing people together. It was just, like, a very emotional experience, um, but also I thought it was just really fun. It was really relatable. Like, it it was a good movie, um, at least the first third. I, I it was more than the first third, but I, I did think that there was a weird choice kind of done in the second, in like the final, in the finale to kind of hone in on something earlier. And I don't think it was successful. And pretty much everyone I've spoken to has said, yeah, I agree. It wasn't a successful choice. And like, I didn't like, it didn't matter almost how they resolved the plot because the rest of the movie was so good. Um, but I'm very invested in it. If anybody who is listening to this has watched it or has not watched it, go watch it and then tell me because I have, only one friend who's watched it and I really want other people to watch it because I I really think like it's a masterpiece <laughs> like really like I've never watched some like I watched that and then the recent episode of the book of Boba Fett the like very well received one back to back like in one night and I like woke up the next morning I was like wow I was so like lucky last night that I got to experience these two phenomenal things in one night like oh look at me like having a great like <laughs> living your best life (laughs) it was really a really funny feeling um but i was just so happy and i just wanted to go like right after i finished both both that episode of boba fett and this movie bell i wanted to just rewatch them again i wanted to like invest myself in their storytelling and and for bell the artistry like it it was like really like (laughs) i I, i'm not I, i like should add that the only anime I've ever enjoyed has been like pretty much the Digimon series. And this guy actually did some Digimon stuff. So it kind of makes sense that I like that this director's like, I like other stuff from him. Um, 
but like really like i i just think like just even like watch the trailer i'm gonna send you guys the trailer like it's just maybe maybe you guys won't know do you know like, what platform it's available on oh uh, so it's not available on any platforms right now in the u.s i don't think um i had to watch it definitely not illegally um because it already aired in hong kong by um in september and i didn't even know about the movie then so um i don't know where to watch it right now you might be able to like rent it on apple music or something um i've like looked at a lot of videos and it seems like a lot of people have watched the same subtitled version that i have because it has it looks like polish subtitles um embedded into it so it seems like if a lot of people because it's not yet on many streaming platforms and because it's only in theaters in some places um some people can't watch it so people are going to the illegal stream Un- unlike me um <laughs> and so uh yeah so it's kind of hard there are a lot of clips on youtube so like i just sent like literally the opening scene was premiered like online on youtube before the movie um came out and people were literally just like floored away by just like this scene and like I think without any context, it's just like a fun scene. Um, but it introduces the world quite well and it's it's a really cool idea and I just think like give it a shot if even if you're not really into anime because it's partially anime, partially about like, you know, uh beating the beast and partially just about like the world we live in and how social media impacts us and stuff. Like there's all these like moments where she thinks that her famous dancer, uh, her famous singer of a character is going to be unveiled to be her. And like, she as a high schooler is like, no, 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 that cannot happen. Like, I cannot live with that burden of people knowing that I'm like this famous online viral personality. Um, and it's like relatable. Subplot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, but then like the, the main primary villain of the movie for much of it is somebody who has the ability to dox people. And, like, to unveil their virtual characters. And he has, like, millions of sponsors. And it just, like, is so, like, I wouldn't say it's realistic, but it felt really realistic. It's like, yeah, of course, like, people would pay somebody, like, to, like, dox people in the name of, like, justice and, like, truth and transparency. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, a whole thing. It's, like, a whole subplot. And, um, or I guess not the subplot. It's quite a big plot. And, And I just thought it was a really well done um film it dealt with like really harsh realities of the world but also like nice really touching moments and the music and the art really just like so phenomenal if they don't like get win all the awards at least for the art direction i i would be shocked but they probably won't because i'm always disappointed whatever but yeah watch bell (laughs) i these don't count yeah i really like i i i've never been this into something in like a really really long time um and i like to the degree where i even changed my like went my computer background to it like <laughs> to like Aww, a scene. and i was back just, in like, high school right like that's how i felt i was like wow like i'm really invested in it and like and it's not even that it's i think it's so brilliant all the way through like everybody agrees it's not so good in the third like part of it um but it's just like so well done and engaging um that i in the first part and like the whole idea of it all like just the art is just so gorgeous it's just so good and the music is so <laughs> addicting like i just hum it all day long it's so good that and the encanto we don't talk to about bruno so. oh god i've fallen down a bit of an encanto rabbit hole we can talk about that at some other point but uh 
Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard about Belle, like on. Yeah, I hadn't heard about Belle, but I have seen Encanto, and I enjoyed it. But I haven't fallen into the obsession that it seems like the rest of my uh, circles seem to have. Well, okay, so mini tangent about Encanto. Like, I watched it and I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't. I I thought it had like real story issues, and I I. Like, I, I like a lot of the stuff that they do about, like, genera- gen- generational, generational trauma. And, basically, like, it spoke to me on that level, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I thought the, you know, the idea of, like, that kind of pain causing certain things to happen, like, good and bad, was, was really powerful, but I just didn't really, I just didn't really get it. Um, and I have to watch it again, but I, but basically, I, I just got into the music recently, and it is, the music is, is just astonishingly good it's it's like it's crazy how much of our like generation is just defined by lin-manuel miranda's (laughs) songwriting ability yeah well i'm also one of the people who like i'm i haven't really enjoyed most of his music like just whatever doesn't doesn't work for me i actually posted a whole long post on facebook recently about how like my experience of music is uh semi-synesthetic which means that i my brain assigns colors to music um, and for whatever reason, most of the music that I've heard from Lin-Manuel Miranda just doesn't evoke colors that I like <laughs> in my head. So it's like, it's not in a, a musical experience that other people are having with it. It's just mine. Um, but yeah, I feel like the, the music that he did for, uh, Moana has different colors than most of the other music that I've heard from, like from Hamilton and f- from Encanto, um, and yeah, so I like the Moana songs more. Yeah. And I don't really love his Moana work. Like it's fine, but like, I find it a little bit simple. Yeah. I mean, interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, I, in general, I don't usually get obsessed with musical soundtracks, but, um, yeah, there were, you know, there were, there have been a few musicals in past years that like, I like, I really liked the first, you know, the first Frozen movie. Um, and um, I did enjoy Moana and some of the music for that. But, yeah, musicals in general, not so much my thing. I am just really happy about Encanto. Like, even if, like, I... Even if I watched it again and I was like, I have major story issues or whatever, like, I'm really glad that, like, it's an objectively very diverse movie mm-hmm. about, like, a very specific experience that is still, like, reaching so many people. And I, I think that's really awesome. Yeah. No, I have nothing against the movie, um, it's just, I feel like, I feel like most of the obsession is not necessarily around the movie itself. It's more around the music and that is yeah. just, you know, a part of it that I can't relate to. That, but I think the family dynamics also, mm. like I, they're definitely. like, Encanto TikTok is apparently a big thing. Ah. And like, it's, uh, <laughs> people are definitely really responding to the, you know, the trauma and some of the like lowercase a abuse and yeah, yeah, it's, uh. It's interesting. Anyway, we can we can mm. talk about Encanto another time, but I guess we should move on to our main subject, which, as we said, is honor. And honor. Um, to our dear editor, Jamie, if you want to insert Prince Zuko saying honor. <laughs> honor. Or from uh, from Mulan, bringing honor to us all. But or anything from Game of Thrones. <laughs> there is a lot of honor to choose from. <laughs> there is, there is. But I guess the the first thing I wanted to say about that actually is how 
I, like I have, I have a question, which is, is honor something that belongs to you, meaning that it is it is yours, it's your honor, or is it something that you give to other people? Well, I was looking at the definition that we had on the initial list that you uh, that you found on Safaria, and the way that they define honor is in basically in terms of like honoring your parents and um so in that sense it's about respect and giving respect to someone else that's when you you as a verb you honor someone um but how does that translate to like the kind of honor that we talk about you know have characters and their obsession with their own honor and that sort of thing so the way i see it is that personal honor is about self-respect um and I think that self-respect can be entirely personal, but most of the time it is deeply societally influenced. Um, like, whatever your society tells you makes you a worthwhile person that is highly connected to your own sense of personal honor. Uh, for instance, I can go into uh, Star Trek for, for this. Um, there is a uh, an alien race called Cleons, and they are obsessed with honor and glory, but what is honor for Klingon? Honor is, you know, to, uh, to fight in battle and, uh, you know, to die in glorious battle. Um, and if you are taken prisoner as a Klingon, that's considered, you know, a grave dishonor and uh, you should have died in battle. And if anybody finds out that you were taken prisoner, um, if you came back to society, your family would bear the shame and dishonor for generations, um, which is like extremely in contrast to Jewish values of, you know, pretty much just survive, 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 survive. That is, you know, if you die pointlessly when you could have lived, um, that's not something that's very encouraged in Judaism. In Judaism, it seems like, you know, the real victory is in survival. Um, and so I feel like, you know, when you have a society that values something, um, that will obviously get implemented in your, and integrated into your personal code of honor. Um, and it's not, like, honor is not an objective thing that all cultures agree on in the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, well that's that's kind of what I'm I'm I was thinking about like how much um like I guess how much of honor is like a, a like what direction it moves in. Do you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like in a lot of I think the stories that we talk about like you know just to you know Prince Zuko from Avatar or in in Game of Thrones there's a lot of talk about like my honor, mm -hmm. you know, and like Jamie Lannister is always talking about like how his honor was lost or he, you know, yeah, he lost his honor. I don't think he um, ever had it, honestly. <laughs> it's in relation to the, to the way other people treat or, or think of him. Right. Like it, I think like your for initial question, I think it, it's, it's about the, like the giving, like you act with honor because you want to, you know, get honor from people. I mean, like using finger quotes, this is really not probably great in an audio format. Um, but like you act in a way that is perceived as being an honorable way in order for people to perceive you as being an honorous uh, person, honorable person. Not honorous, I think that's definitely for, for some, uh, 
instances it's like that. Um, but there is um, a friend of mine, when I mentioned that this was the topic, she was like, you're going to bring up Vorkosigan, aren't you? And I was like, hmm. And she was like, yeah, the, the Aral Vorkosigan quote. So there's the Aral Vorkosigan is uh, the father of one of the, the, of the major character in the Vorkosigan universe. His name is Miles, Miles but his father is Aral. And he, uh, he has a distinction um, between honor and reputation. And he says that, you know, honor is what you know about yourself. Reputation is what others know or think about you. Um, and that you should guard your honor fiercely um, and let your reputation fall where it may. And so that, I think, really uh, plays into the idea of, you know, honor being your own self-respect. Um, but there are other aspects of honor that, like, bringing dishonor upon other people because of what you've done, that's that's different. But you can still, you know, like, if you stand behind the choices that you made, um, even if other people don't, you can still, you know, feel secure in your own sense of honor. Um, but often it feels like, you know, because honor is so societally dependent, um, if you lose the good opinion of the people around you, you feel that you are no longer worthy of having self-respect. Well, I mean, the interesting thing about honor in that context, I think, is that it's 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 made up. You know, like <laughs> I, I think a lot of the things that we've been talking about are a lot more tangible, like gratitude. Like, I mean, they're all they're all attributes, so they're not physical, but like generosity, gratitude, like you know. These things have, I guess, you you can quantify them in in some way or another, whereas honor is very nebulous, and it really is it it's a social concept more than anything else. So it's going to like really change in that like how you know like do you have honor or do you give honor to others is is very much going to depend on like what you you believe about that. Like I, I think that's a really good definition actually. And I think that kind of is maybe not exactly but somewhat simpatico with the Jewish idea of honor because like you know what you know about yourself impacts how you treat other people and how how you I guess would transfer that honor onto other people, but like a lot of the time I don't yeah, I, 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 I kind of think that it's very, it's something that takes place in people's own heads a lot, you know? Like, I mean, the, the Song of Ice and Fire books are basically partly about deconstructing the idea of honor. And like, sometimes I, I think that that's a little bit of a, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, how do I put this? Not silly, but like, it's, we don't live in a society that functions on those terms really anymore. So how valuable is it to like dedicate you know, something to, to like a whole, a whole series to kind of deconstructing this idea of what honor is. But then again, like, just because we don't think about it in, in those exact terms, where it's like, you know, you have honor in combat and you have specific oaths that bind you to certain things. And when you realize that those things are wrong, but you still have to do them because you swore, like, what, what does that do to your honor? Um, I think there are you know, manifestations of that kind of thing in, in our, in our day-to-day -day lives. Like they're, of course now I'm blanking, but like, I don't know, like there, there's, I think there's... it has to do also with like, you know, people will say that uh, about people, uh, that they are an honorable person. Um, and that generally means 
you know, that they are somebody who lives according to their principles, even if I don't agree with their principles, there's generally a sense that that person is acting um, for what they think is best and that they are consistent in their principles. Um, I guess consistency is a like a a subset of honor, but um, there's also just the general sense of of honesty and of um, reasonableness, I guess, uh, that comes with, like, in politics, people often will be like, yeah, even though I, you know, don't agree with this, this person's politics, I do think that, you know, he is an honorable person, unlike all these other <laughs> garbage people who are just completely flip-flopping and, and uh, abandoning their principles right and left. So do we think consistency is a core trait of honor? I'm not sure, because I think that, you know, sometimes it would the honorable thing would be to, um, if you realize that what you're doing is general, genuinely wrong, the honorable thing would be to break the vow. Um, well, I think that's actually, that's, a, that's an interesting thing, because, because one of the questions of honor that comes up in fiction a lot is, like, do you... Is it is it the act like is it the holding true to the thing that you've sworn or is it holding true to the concept behind it? Mm-hmm. You know the value. So of like, it. right, exactly. So like in Game of Thrones, like the classic example is like, you know, you 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 protect the royal family and you protect the king, but do you protect the royal family from the king? And like, which you know, which one is your is is your higher purpose? Yeah, or just like, um, now I'm thinking Captain America, of like, there's a, you know, Captain America, very patriotic and supports, you know, obviously represents America, but like, what happens if the government of America is corrupt and is Hydra? Then, you know, what do you stand for? You stand for the values that America is supposed to embody, even if America itself isn't living up to those values. Um, One, the thing that I kind of was like thinking about most when when we were when I heard you were talking about Honor was the Brandon Sanderson series that he's currently doing, the, the Wave Kings one. Um, if you read his book, you know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, I'm not going to still in. I haven't yet, but I'm sure there's lots going on in there. Um, why do I always pick things that you haven't read and I feel like you might? I have. I That's can't. okay. You can spoil it because there's like okay. five hundred thousand pages. So like, if you yeah, spoil but I'm about thing, to spoil like a huge thing. I won't remember. <laughs> okay. So pretty much in in this universe and on this planet where it takes place in, like the the god um that they have is a is is based is like part whatever. It's hard to explain, but the god is represented by the trait of honor. And that is what defines the god and that's what defines their religions and the way that the magic works. Um, and you can like elevate yourself essentially by saying different ideals that match different traits of honor and different elements of honor. And so there's different, there's like 10 different facets and each different um, like group of people who match one of those facets have a different words of honors or I, words of, not words of honor. Um, they have different ideals. Words of honor is a different plot. Um, uh, it's a different story. But like I was looking up some of them right before, and like there's like three basic ones, which which I think the ideals we at this point there's uh, at the point of 
books that have come out so far, we only know four of the ideals and not all of them um, because like different facets have different um, ideals. But like the first three are essentially just like the first basic like things that make someone honorable, um, at least from like Brandon Sanderson's perspective, which are like life before death, strength before weakness and journey before destination. And those are just like the phrases. But like I thought basing like this whole world in his like epic around the idea that like honor is the holiest and most powerful thing was just very interesting because like it, it spoiler there's other gods and they're not really gods it's the whole thing um but honor also is not as powerful as we thought it was um which in itself is a metaphor but like just the idea that like people have to kind of take ownership of what is an honorable trait for themselves to like level up in different powers and like different if you want to do like if you connect with one trait of honor like something that is honorable like one person's ideal is like i will protect those who cannot protect themselves but another is i will put the law before all else so like one person their sense of honor is the the legal system is the most important thing or like the laws of nature yeah, yeah, pretty much. And one of and the other one is I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. And then later the on, they on. Get even more. Yeah, and then like even later on, the protect the, those who cannot protect themselves. You get two different people swearing different things, and one of them is um, I'll protect even those I hate as uh, so long as it is right. So essentially, even if I hate someone, I'm gonna not let them die. And then the other one is I will protect those I hate, even if the one I hate is myself. So it's like still like the the external honor versus like the relationship versus the internalized sense of honor. And like it gets more and more nuanced as each ideal goes on and on and on as the books progress. And I imagine we'll find out more in the future. Um, but I just like when when I heard honor, I just thought it was like it's interesting that he's essentially saying in this world, if you don't have a self definition of honor that like you can take upon yourself and be motivated by you don't have access to power because it's like the bait, like to do something as a powerful person, you should be doing it in a way that is right. And like, it, however you define right is defined by what you think is an honorable move. And I just thought that was interesting. So yeah, read, read the books. I just ran it. Sorry. I just, no, that sounds good. Like I've been putting off reading them because they are so terrifyingly huge, but they're so big. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, that's like not even like 0.01% of the plots. But That's why I'm saying, like, I don't mind you spoiling because <laughs> there is so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I've I been equally kind of intimidated away from Sanderson based on the Yeah, I've read a lot of his other books. books. I just haven't touched the big, big, big ones. Um, I think the they're very, his writing style is very, very readable. Yeah. Um, so even though it's like big, um, yeah, I think it's always engaging. So, I mean, like if you're a slow reader, it will take a long time, but I think like the desire, if you read it all or not even one go, like if you sit down with all the books that are out right now, I would not suggest that because that's a lot of reading. I mean, you can, yeah, no, I would but, recommend but starting with like Mistborn because that's like uh, yeah. a middle <laughs> amount <laughs> of things. Also, the, that whole series is, is out, right? Like, those three books. But then it, it relates to bigger things. Um, there's some connections to Mistborns in these books. Um, he has a whole interconnected universe, from my yeah, understanding. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's why when I said like the god is honor, it's it's a facet of a, like essentially like the Big Bang, um, and that facet went on to become the god of this planet. But yeah, I think just like the the idea of the system of like like it like at times people are nearly gonna die in the book because they lose like their sense of self of what makes them an honorous. I keep on saying honorous. I mean honorable person <laughs> um and like if you lose your sense of honor which in in some way at least in this book he's defining a sense of self and like what you believe to be right um you like lose essentially the will to live and i thought that was just a really interesting like acknowledgement of how much power honor has like on people like we we really value the idea of honor whatever it actually is or isn't. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like giving honor to others, which I think might be more of the, yeah, the, the Jewy way, like, you know, like I was always raised, like you, you stand up when your teacher comes into the room or like, you don't call, uh, you know, older people by their first names or, you know. You don't talk like... profanely about the Talmud on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even date someone who has your father's, your parents' names. I never you heard that like, one. What? Yeah, no, it's a thing. Yeah. And I was like, what? Well, it's okay because my dad's name is really random and that's fine. <laughs> that's like, that's like a, a an Ayanhara thing, though, I think. Like an evil eye no, thing. I think it's in the Gemara. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Well, yeah. there are a lot of things in the Gemara that aren't like actual halacha. Yeah, no. I mean, I, th- I think I just remember I wouldn't have learned it because I didn't randomly learn Ayn Hara's. I randomly learned Gemara, so I wouldn't have learned <laughs> it if it wasn't if it wasn't mentioned at some point. But yeah, it was a thing, and I was like, "Well, nobody else is ever going to be Israel Lemel, so I'm fine." <laughs> <laughs> Worst name. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. I mean, like I. I like, well, okay, so even to talk about parents, right, like, the the term for, you know, uh, respecting your parents in Judaism is ki but of the aim. It's it's honoring your father and your mother. Um, it, it, it seems to me like a very flows outward type of concept of honor, um, which is not necessarily, like, less important to the way people, like, regard themselves or regard others, but, like... It, it it seems to me very fundamentally different than what we would see in stories where, like, you know, Zuko is, like, trying to get his honor back, you know, for, for I mean, ironically, for purposes of, like, pleasing his father, but, you know, <laughs> not, you know. <laughs> Good luck with that kid. It's going to go fine. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to be loved, okay? It's going to fail that one. Um just I think in Judaism like the idea of honor is, is that there is an in- innate honor to the people who came before us and like the people who like keep it up I aim like there's so much commentary like even if you even if your parents are terrible you still have to like respect them like enough to bury them and stuff like there's all these very nuanced things like you know um, like and it's kind of just I think it's that that sense of honor is is kind of innate whereas you can you can lose honor, right? Like the Zugo version of honor, but you can't you can't sever this honor. Like no matter if they're the worst parent ever, you're still supposed to. There are like discussions about this in the Gemara and stuff, and like in Judaism, like how you honor a parent who you know doesn't really deserve. 
deserve it and stuff. But we still like acknowledge that they're like just the innate thing is honor your parents, honor the people who came before you and brought you into this world. And I yes, but like what that. does honoring them mean in that context? Probably not killing them. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm okay with low bars. Check. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I think like that, I mean, that's what the whole thing is, is like, what is honoring? Like, is it standing up every time they get in the room? Like, you know, like when you're in, in like first or second grade and you learn that for the first time, like I used to, when my dad would come in and stand up and he's like, no, don't do that. Like for him, <laughs> that's not honoring. But for some people you have to do that and you have to honor them. But like for him, it's like, I've had conversations with him. He's like, I don't really care what like you say to me, but like, it would really hurt me if like you and your siblings didn't have a relationship later in life. And so in my mind, like, I mean, definitely I should not yell at my dad. Nobody should yell at their, I mean, you could yell at your parents if they're terrible people. Um, but like for him, like <laughs> his sense of like the way that I could honor him is to like carry on his values and his values are his family life and like having his family all connected and like happy. Um, but I think that that's not necessarily the honor that we see in a lot of external media in the same way, which is like, it's not an innate thing that like, obviously there's, there's respect for people who came before you, but it's usually like, because they have all the power, not just because they're there and existed before you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of think about like, um, this, this reminded me of The Good Place and how they, they talk about that book, What We Owe to Each Other, all the time. Mm. And I I kind of feel like that ties into this a little bit. Like, there 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 is an idea if of honor being... only I'd read the being... book. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't. All I know I is find anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know it either. <laughs> I mean, I did... I was just looking at my uh, Facebook memories and there's a picture of me crying watching The Good Aww. Place finale. So we are recording this on the anniversary of The Good Place finale. Um, which at the time seemed like uh, the one of the most emotional things that was going to happen in 2020. Turns out, not so much. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's a certain, like, that idea of owing. Like, the it doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter, like, what, you know, what the circumstance is. It's like, things, it's almost like it belongs to them. And it, like, it's on you to perform, you know, and like obviously, the idea is that this is eventually somewhat cyclically reciprocal, right? Because theoretically, people, even if even if let's say they don't have children, they you know they grow older and are you know you stand up for older people or stuff like that. Um, but like, yeah, I I I do feel like this isn't something that fiction engages with in a ton, like a ton. Like it it really does kind of grapple more with the way you feel about your own honor as opposed to, you know, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe something like Mulan, you know, or, or, uh, you know, I'm, family honor. I, I really shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't speak to this because obviously the, the, you know, Chinese slash wider Asian concept of honor is also it's Disney fight. It's yeah. Yeah. And it's not something I know that much about, but I, I, I guess just to pick up on the, on the fact that it's not only an individual thing that it, 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 is something that reflects on your whole family and that is like, yeah, is kind of defined by your behavior toward others. Yeah. And if you want to take it out of the Chinese context and just bring it into fictional context, um, that's how it works with Klingon culture also is that um, it's very familially dependent. And if one person does something that society deems dishonorable, then the entire 
clan family house is dishonored um and that bears social consequences for generations well that is honestly it's very not a jewish perspective but that there are a lot of cultures that do have that facet yeah like involved like in obviously i'm not korean but i hi if you're meeting me i know a lot of stuff about korea um I think that the famously. the idea of yichus in Judaism is very much in line with that, yeah. um, which is often very problematic. Um, but like yichus meaning like real uh, family uh, reputation, kind of. But that it's separate. It should be separate from honor. If honor is your own personal, you know, ideals and how strong you stand by them, but um, but it often is conflated with reputation yeah but so i do think there are some works of fiction of course none of them are coming to my head right now which are like where you do have either characters or plot points that revolve around the idea that all people all living things are like worth protecting or honoring or like valuing i guess rather than like Mm -hmm. because there's star trek i will go with star trek yeah (laughs) um yeah sure um but like just like is that is the honor of like Judaism, which is respecting like your parents and those who came before you and teachers and all the like people like who kind of are there who are like, they deserve innate respect. Is that kind of equivalent with, with fiction's approach more towards like, um, like indelible human rights. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. Sorry. It's midnight. Well, I think there's the the idea of, you know, Tselem Elohim and that, you know, the, everything is God's creations and that even your enemies, you shouldn't rejoice um, because they are still God's creations, um, even if they deserve to be defeated and deserve to suffer. Um, I mean, I was just thinking of the idea of Kavod HaPriot, which is like the honor of the created, which is is kind of ties into that idea that like, if everything is created by God, then everything deserves, everything has an inherent respect to it or, or honor in that way. I really don't want to have to honor like 4chan, but. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you have to honor 4chan, but the people within 4chan, you know, uh, yeah, like the people can be worthy of, you know, basic human rights, <laughs> um, even if, you know, their creation is abominable. And uh, yeah, because like we don't just like go around hunting people who, you know, post terrible things on 4chan. <laughs> well, I think also, I mean, th- there's, well, okay, two two things. I think one is that you can, like, there are a lot of things in the world that are neutral that are used for bad things, right? Like, the, the, I don't need to make a list. There's a lot of things like that. So you can kind of honor the concept of a forum like 4chan, which has allowed a lot of people to connect and, you know, create themselves in certain ways. And uh, um, cat memes. We yeah, wouldn't have Ken go. has cheeseburger uh-huh. without it. <laughs> but But at the same time, like, I don't think that's in contradiction with the idea that, like, this isn't a good manifestation of that, you know? Like, it's... uh, Social media was a mistake. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we do deal with that a lot these days, like, that something is kind of inherently either neutral or hopefully good, and then... But it can be used for bad. 
Yeah, it's like I think we were discussing this actually at our Shabbos table yesterday about how a lot of people's frustration um, in our generation with Judaism is not necessarily, you know, like Judaism isn't necessarily inherently sexist, but there is a lot of room for people to insert their sexism and to apply the principles and the laws in sexist ways. Um, and that pushes a lot of women away. But that's pretty heavy for this podcast, so I don't know if we should leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I think it, it kind of comes down to, like, just your your personal, I guess, relationship to it. Which, to, I guess, you know, in, in both, like, of the matrixes of honor, of, like, whether it's something that you hold on to yourself or whether it's something you give out to others, like, that kind of applies to both. Like, you do have to have a relationship there, right, to... Like, you have to have a relationship with yourself and with the thing that, like, you perceive as giving you honor or taking it away. And you also have to have that relationship when you are giving it to something. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't honor something that you have no connection to, you know? And at the same, by the same token, you can't dishonor something that you have no connection to. So I think, No, you can dishonor it inadvertently. Yes, you can like dishonor your descendants even if they don't exist yet. Right. Oh, no. But <laughs> I was thinking would... I was thinking more like I mean, they tell you when you're there, but like if you go to like a palace or a temple in Thailand or in many other places around the world, I only experience this in Thailand, but I know in Hong Kong some have it too. Um if you go to like a temple or something, they'll ask you that your shoulders and your knees are covered and so like they'll offer, you know, you can rent a like a, a like a scarf or a shawl for like pennies or something, but it's just like, you know, I, I think that is, is a way you could easily be inadvertently dishonorable is kind of like not knowing the customs or something again. So it is like kind of an awareness, but it, in this sense, it's an inadvertent lack of awareness. Like you could. Right. But you would, that. you would still be there. Like that relationship would be, would exist even if you didn't. Yeah. Weren't no, necessarily but, aware of it. That makes sense. So uh, now I'm I'm kind of trying to, I don't know, think about other ways that that can, like, that relationship idea can manifest. I mean, uh, to be fair, in fiction, a lot of honor comes, or, like, ideas about honor are illustrated through relationships, right? Like, Jamie and Brienne, or Zuko and Iroh, or, uh, I don't know, who else, guys? <laughs> <laughs> like, ne- you know, Klingons. Ned Stark is, like, and, and all of the- All the Klingons. <laughs> Stark, and like yeah. Ned Stark and all the people that he doesn't like, like all the ways in which he like either succeeds or fails in his honor are, are all deeply connected to the relationships that he has, you know, or or has had in his life. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really have enough thoughts on honor, but I like the idea of it, and I kind of now I'm going to probably read more consciously when I approach honor when I read books. Yeah. Well, I think. Uh... I think I, that's about all I have also. <laughs> no, I think that was a really good discussion. And I would actually love to hear specifically on this, like if, if any of our listeners have any thoughts or, you know, interpretations on honor, kavod, or how, you know, how it manifests both in reality and in fiction. One thing I've, I've found is that I've, I, I keep writing the same thing in the descriptions, which is like, in fi- fiction and fandom and life, you know, um, <laughs> but that's kind of the, you know, the, that's how we write all our essays. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so if, shall I wrap up? Yeah. Cool. All right. 
So that's going to do it for us this week. Let me look up the final uh, installment in our Midot Musar, which is... Drumroll. Ah, enthusiasm. Ah, alacrity. Yes, there we go. We spoke about that in the first week, so that's really cool. Tamar, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, You can find my thoughts and dreams and wishes and work at either uh, Twitter or Instagram at Tamar Writes. I'm a writer, so it's W-R-I-T-E-S. And my website is TamarHerman.com. I think there should be a live feed pulling my latest articles. I write about K-pop and usually nothing else. So please enjoy if that's your thing. And if not, please, you know, you can check it out. I write some interesting stuff like a lot of interest. Absolutely. Stuff. Can confirm. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, M, how about you? Um, you can follow my public posts on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, where I very seldom tweet, um, at Floating Spirals. Uh, you can find my fiction on Amazon.com at uh, Amazon.com slash author slash SM Rosenberg. And I realized I probably don't, I don't think I've mentioned that I have a Substack newsletter um, that I also very seldom update, but, uh, there's some good stuff there. Uh, mostly it's movie reviews cause that's what I started it for. And occasionally it branches out into other things. Like I have a post that I wrote about a year ago about Joss Whedon, which is even more applicable now that, uh, that New York magazine profile came out because, oh boy, Joss Whedon is a thing. So, um, that is at, um, smrosenberg.com substack.com and yeah so you can check that out awesome and as for me you could find me on twitter at ink as rain and you can listen to me on some other podcasts including the level seven access podcast where we talk about kind of marvel and star wars and disney plus stuff at the moment uh also the uh podcast of surprise where we talk about the witcher and the vassals of king's grave podcast where we kind of just talk about like anything whatever we want (laughs) um um as for us at nice jewish fangirls um you can find us on twitter at jewish fangirls we're also on facebook nice jewish fangirls you can email us at nice jewish fangirls at gmail.com and we would also hugely appreciate it if you would leave us a review and we're also and on rating. spotify now we are, are on spotify although we're not super fans of spotify right now i don't follow <laughs> anything to do with spotify so like i just know there's some kind of controversy going on with joe rogan and i and neil diamond i don't know the most unlikeliest of beefs so. neil young neil, neil young, young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, but it doesn't really like it doesn't really matter if like i i think maybe i'm wrong but like as long as you're not like paying for it i think it's less whatever but like if i don't you know how spotify, it works tell yeah. you spotify. <laughs> anyway though um and of course you can I find our wonderful editor yeah that's yeah that's me and facebook i feel like um and of course our wonderful editor jamie you can find at um their website jamberg.me or at jamie underscore bloomberg on twitter so thank you so much for tuning in we will be back soon with our next and final installment in the Me Don't Miss Her series. And until then, live long and prosper, everyone.